Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. Hope you're having a wonderful day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tersh Blissett. And uh, this episode, we actually recorded at the AHR Expo with Chris Forth of Johnson Controls. Uh, the background noise was really loud at the beginning of this episode, so I wanted to give you a very clear introduction. We're going to talk about low GWP refrigerant and misconceptions, uh, how contractors can pre- can prepare for the transition. Uh, the transition is coming up very quickly for us, and so we wanted to release this episode. Uh, we're going to have a future episode here coming up shortly talking about DOE 2023, a um, little bit about HVAC controls when it comes to Johnson controls, because that's kind of what they do. Uh, uh, Decarbonization and electrification, indoor air quality, that kind of stuff is going to be on our next episode. This episode, we talk a lot about uh, low GWP, what's to come in the future, and how as a contractor, we're going to be able to handle those kinds of things. But we're going to cut into this episode, right as Chris is explaining what what exactly is low GWP? I hope you enjoy this episode. If you find value, please share with your friends and uh, leave us a review. Subscribe, as always. That's transition, yeah. right? When we went in the unitary industry from uh, R22 to 410A, that transition was all about ozone depletion, right? The hole in the ozone? Yep. This transition is about lower GWP, so it's really the properties of a refrigerant's ability to hold in heat. So had we addressed this back in 2010, when the industry transitioned from 22 to 410A, we wouldn't have went to 410A, right? So right. we're kind of doing this in a two-step Right, yeah. that was my question. Did we actually go backwards whenever we introduced 410A? Well, there was a lot of politics at the time, and yeah. GWP wasn't as, there, there wasn't as much science at gotcha. the time, right? So there's been a lot more scientific development, and uh, the GWP now is the next step from an environmental perspective. Okay. And but I will say this, Josh. One of the good things from and I, the contractor world that I try to explain. Unlike when we went from R22 to 410A, those two refrigerants had pretty drastically different properties, right? Yeah. Right. And temperatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These newer refrigerants that we're talking about today, relative to 410A, they're very, very close. Okay. So if you're used to working with 410A, then you're not then the pressures and temperatures mm-hmm. will be very similar. The gotcha for these lower GWP, and this is where it's hard to accept, is that by ASHRAE terms, right, the American Society of Heating and Refrigeration Engineers, are mildly flammable. And that's one of the big misnomers yeah. we need to talk about today. Yeah, right? I, I, that's a great transition because that's what people freak out about. Like, I mean, that's- They're worried about how it's blown up. Right. Yeah, or like um, we had a van blow up about five years ago. Oh, wow. Not us personally, yeah. but in, in Savannah, yeah. um, it was right uh, right next to a, a historic building also. And it turned out it was an acetylene bottle right. issue. And hydrocarbon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so that's, like that's what people picture in their mind like these, right. all these vans are going to start blowing up and stuff like that so <laughs> yeah that's one of the things i really want to hit right out of the gate yeah is that when we talk about these lower gwp refrigerants first of all to get that lower global warming potential they have to break down yeah. right unlike the old refrigerants would stay in the environment for a long time uh-huh. the consequence of when something breaks down it's more flammable, right? right? It's not exactly said it right, but it it can combine with other things and react, right? Mm -hmm. So you want it to break down, but one of the misnomers is people always jump, especially the contractors, oh my God, it's going to be like propane, right? Yeah. Which we all know is a great refrigerant, right? but these refrigerants by ASHRAE are really classified 
even a subclassification of what we call A2s. So you talk about the extremes to kind of bookend it. Mm -hmm. The current R410A is non-flame propagation. It doesn't mean non-flammable, because I think most of your audience knows, under the right conditions, yeah. for today it's flammable, yep. right? Yeah. With, mm -hmm. the, with the oil and the right yep. air, air you know, ratio. But for if A3s or the other end of scale, that's propane. Right. There's another scale in the middle, it's called A2s. These refrigerants, and again, this is specific to the unitary residential light commercial world, are a subset of those. So let me give you a real life example. Like if you walked across this carpet today mm -hmm. in static electricity, you went over and touched something, yep. that spark will not ignite these, right? Plugging something gotcha. in and out of a 120 volt outlet at and that little spark. That won't set it off. Yeah. In fact, temperatures, you know, above a, a thousand Fahrenheit won't set them off. Right? Really? Okay. Yeah. So you're, we're talking really sub par okay. flammability. And really the same practices that we should be following with Fortin A are going to apply to these new A2Ls. Exactly. Okay. Making sure before your you got your torches going, like you you don't you don't unsweat the whole thing with refrigerant still in it. Like that's, unsweat the compressor. That's right. And let let it just blow out and then all of a sudden you have a big old ball of fire going. Yeah. Yeah, it's really the same kind of practices in one of the things I always tell the contractors is, look, guys, don't let the word flammable, because really in ASHRAE terms, and they're the ones that discern you know, what yeah. it is, it's really about flame. How wide does the flame kind of propagate when you do these tests in the lab? Oh, okay. Right? So it's it's not like people want to jump to, oh, my God, it's going to be like propane. Not even close. That's right? what, so that's what, in years, for years, that's what we were hearing, and... Um, and it's not obviously not from someone who is an expert in our industry, right. uh, but it's now all of a sudden. And and I've heard clients ask about this too. Uh, we live in Savannah. We have a lot of engineers. Right. We have Gulfstream, all that right there. Right. They're like engineer focused. And when you talk to someone like that, and they're uh, they come to you and say, "Hey, look, I read that we're putting propane in our refrigerant right. in the future," and it's like. All right, well, I'm not intelligent enough to argue the conversation. Uh, I'm not an engineer, and, right. and I'm, I don't work for Johnson Controls. So that's not like a conversation I can have. What I can tell you is that if it wasn't, if it wasn't safe, we wouldn't do it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's definitely being told to people or somewhere it's getting yeah. in the pipeline. Well, I think the, 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 the thing is before we got to the point we're at, yeah. there was, I'll just say, a ton of research that's been done on types of braze joints, mechanical joints. Okay. We took entire units with the fire service, burned them like a wildland fire situation. Oh, yeah. We've spent upwards of $7 million to really research these things. So, you know, JCI's first priority is, you know, no harm, right? We're yeah, making absolutely. very clear safety. Well, I appreciate that yeah. as somebody else. We, we would not endorse it if it was not <laughs> yeah, fully researched. There's a lot of testing that goes into this huge, stuff that people don't, huge. They, they think that testing goes on, but it's more than just your, okay, we'll test a couple units. I no, mean, this, this no, testing no, no. goes on it, for a while. I, there's a whole list of a dozen research tests funded, universities, industries mm -hmm. funded, independents funded, that have really gone into this work. So we feel comfortable saying, hey, these refrigerants in used right, just like any other refrigerant, right? Yeah. Are safe. They really are. And you get the benefit of the environmental benefits of the low GWP. What really I think is going to be different for your contractor base, right? Your uh -huh. installation base is they need to be really trained on this, right? Because okay. storage and transportation will be different okay, versus explain, the current explain A1s. Explain that. Explain what you mean there. Well, when because of the flammability classification, right? Yeah. You're going, you can't, uh, there's certain what we call maximum allowable quantities where yeah. you can store it, mm -hmm. how you store it, right? Sure. 
You can't just throw these in the truck like you did before. So like you can't buy a pallet of it and just You can, but how you store it uh -huh. in the pallet, how much, what you store it next to. Oh right? yeah, good point, good point. Right? Because one of the challenges we have is ASHRAE classifies flammability different than the Department of Transportation or the National Fire Protection Agency. Okay. Those definitions are not aligned. So because they call it something and then yeah. the Department of Transportation takes that term to meaning something else. Yeah. They've okay. had their own definitions yeah, yeah, for yeah. many years, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we're trying to work across those and say, guys, here's the other testing we've done. Uh -huh. and say, look, DOT, you call it, you know, you define flammability in one way. NFPA, you do another. ASHRAE, you do another. Right. So we're, that's part of the work industry's doing to get all that work done. And then you have to do each state's DOT. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've added another layer right, of yeah. complexity because here's the, the juxta of it. Back in December of 2020, there was a law passed, and actually Trump signed it, uh -huh. called the American Innovation and Manufacturing Act. And it was part of the broader COVID stimulus bill. And that's agreement for the U.S. to phase down HFCs like 410A. It's yeah. more than 410A, but yeah, it's yeah. a lot, right? So we're going to do that on a 15-year schedule. A couple points that's about fast. that. That's well, that's pretty fast, but remember, we've been in 410A yeah. since 2010, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. been a while. But the catch is, we said, hey, if we're going to do this, it's a phase down, not a phase out, so it never goes to zero. And we're talking about okay. production of, of uh, new refrigerant, refrigerant right? Yeah. And one thing I want to make really clear, misnomers, reclaimed refrigerant of any type is not manufactured is, is legal right yeah. it's excluded so if you've taken dirty gas out uh -huh. of a unit recycled it and you want to use it no problem you can do it for r12 by the yeah. way yeah you can go back to r22 so that's why recycling and reclaim is going to be very clear very critical going forward but what we said was we need to do this at the federal level okay because if we don't what you just mentioned Tersh, we'll get california going early we'll get new yeah. york is always the first one <laughs> Do it right. their own way. And we know, as, and you know, I hate to say it's kind of a, a selfish perspective, but as a manufacturer, I don't want to make an air conditioner <laughs> yeah. for each state. Oh, right? yeah. Well, that, that slows down production. I mean, that's like the, <laughs> what, what was it? The we don't do furnaces very often in Savannah, right. but there's yeah. a furnace in California or something that. Ultra low NOx. I'm I in think. the middle of that, too. Yeah, that, right? yeah so. so. <laughs> the ultra low NOx to kind of diverge, you know, California is divided into these 35 air quality districts. So there's a oh, handful that. that have this requirement for ultra low NOx furnace. It's not even the whole state of California. Right, yeah. Oh, so we industries had to make unique furnaces for these handful of air quality districts. It's basically LA and the Fresno regions, yeah. right, for many years. And I can tell you, if you're a contractor trying to say, well, and especially if you work across those borders, mm -hmm. you're like, is what product can I sell for Lenox here? Can I not here? Oh, wow. And that's the same problem we are trying to avoid with a federal phase. Down, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That makes sense. And, and, and think about the history, right? When we did it 2010, right, Josh? Yeah. With the whole country all day, you know, the whole overnight, yep. we're all going to switch. California, you're not going first. Mm -hmm. New York, you're not going second, <laughs> right? <laughs> And so we want to do it in a nice, safe way. Yeah. And that's why we we lobbied to push it out a few years, mm -hmm. right, to 2025. So our, our main challenge right now, education, training. Yeah. So we want your customer base to start that training now. There's several of it out there. You know, the ACA, I was just talking to the ACA president here. Uh-huh. And he's like, Chris, make sure you plug our training. We've yeah, got yeah. it out there now. Yeah, yeah. And there's several others. We're, we will have our some of our own too, but some of that training's available now. And it's really just about safe use and handling. Uh -huh. yep. And by the way, when the EPA finishes implementing the AMAC, things now that are requirements like a 
Section 608 certification, like one contractor, if you're uh-huh. buying, selling, refrigerant service, you yep. gotta have one. That is going to change, because right now that's limited to systems above 50 pounds. Oh, right? yeah. So when we go through this next phase of the AMAC implementation, it's very likely that that could be lowered. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so we don't know that yet, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But you think it's going to change to every single person has to have it, not just one person in the company? That's a good question. I, I don't know that I can answer that. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I, I feel think, like that's a smart move yeah. because I it, think it was safety-wise. Yeah. I mean, 608 is going to change to uh, a different test so that they understand all right. these other things. Okay. Yeah. And now, if we're 608 certified, we're gonna we're not going to grandfather in, correct? Well, I, I don't know the answer to that. Again, there's yeah. there, EPA is going to start that part of the act later this year. Right oh, now, okay. right now, what EPA is doing is part of the AIM Act. They're saying, okay, who can import and produce HFCs like Fortune A yeah. in the U.S.? So they've said. Chemical producers, Gamora's, Honeywell, Arkema. Uh-huh. Here's how much you get, right? Okay. And you got to limit it to that, right? And then the next phase will be what we call reclaim and service of the installed base. Now, so, what's your thoughts on? What do you think this is going to do to the pricing of Fortune? Oh boy, <laughs> I think your customers have already feeling this, right? Oh, they are. That's now, what I've heard. Now, <laughs> let's be fair. Let's be fair, right? The yeah. AMAC is really not the major contributor to what's going on in the market right now. Right. right? No, we all know that. This is supply chain issues, right? And it's record demand combined with supply chain issues, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think in the unitary market, I think we're going to exceed 10 million units, new units installed this year, which that's growing And see, the crazy thing is, is like, so we personally have an HVAC company. We have two of them. Right, And um, there's times where it's like, there's no equipment to buy, right? And right. it's terrifying because, for one, I don't want to lose my lose the job to a competitor that might have, have inventory, right. yeah. Or I don't want to um, have a you know disservice to my client. Tell them, hey, we got to put these portable Well, you also AC don't want to have out. a warehouse with a ton of this stuff that you're not selling or moving either. That's true. That's true too. But my thought is like for the for it to be that many units being moved, like where are they? Like yeah. it's it's tough because. Uh, like I, I, I love the fact that we're moving product. Oh, yeah. um, we're moving more product. We're growing 300% over every year. Like that's right. our growth. We have massive growth. Uh, so I know that that's part of our challenge is we haven't experienced this exact same situation last year. So we don't know what to expect for next exactly. year. Um, so uh, it's weird to hear that there's going to be record breaking yeah. and and there's uh, equipment shortages or, or whatever the case is. Um, so, when it, with that being said, is it like the refrigerant, the amount, the, the types of refrigerant? So, uh, two years ago, I was at AHR and I interviewed um, oh, Daikin, and yep. they were talking about a new, a new refrigerant that they're coming out with. And then I, I was talking to somebody at a carrier booth or something, it wasn't an interview, and they were talking about a different refrigerant, and right. I'm like, all right. It sounds to me like we're getting all these manufacturers making their own refrigerant, and yeah. it's going to be so. I, I'm going to have to have a 12-foot trailer <laughs> behind every service Carry van. All the tanks. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have to have all the tanks. Pink, green, red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Unfortunately, that's just how things have kind of evolved. Is that going to be the case, though? It it, it will, uh-huh. uh, unfortunately. But I think it just like when we transition from R12 to R22, right, yeah. and then 410, you know, to this next one, it'll it'll be for a while because. And you've got a service life on the refrigerant, right? So right. when you guys know, I had to stop making new R22 product in 2010 for new. Mm-hmm. 
but there was a 10 years that you could still produce new R22 refrigerant. That didn't stop until 2020. So, I, you know, the service tail, that's the reason, you know, whether it be a chiller, rooftop, yeah. residential split, you're going to need that for the service line, right? right. So, and, and from a customer perspective, if someone makes an investment in a unit, you know, they, want, they should get their full life on it. We yep. fully support that. But at some point, that refrigerant availability... Yes, teeters off. It's, it teeters off. And, of course, the equipment reaches its end of life, right, yeah. at some point. Even if it's not the In Savannah, life, it's like eight years. Well, so. you, guys, you guys got some challenging conditions <laughs> yeah, here with the humidity. Yeah, salt and, and humidity, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, 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 would, I would really say that, you know, from a, a transition perspective... What you're hearing about from the different competitors, what's really different this time, unlike when we went from 22 to Fortinet, we all went to Fortinet. Yeah, that's not going to be the case in 2025. Yeah. That's the that's the like it's going to be split. Yeah, that's the I think fear that's a fear from contractors because that's a whole different level of management. It is. How do we know? Like how do we know have? what to have? Though, uh, great question. And the answer is, we're going to tell you right on the equipment. It's going to say this unit must okay. use. What we've chosen as JCI is R454B. Okay. Right. Okay. Daikin and I deal with my peers, they've chosen R32. So for the unitary industry, residential like commercial, the good news is it's just two refrigerants right now. Oh, okay. So okay. it's just going to be R32 or uh -huh. R454B. Okay, so I got to carry That's not time. terrible. No. And they're really close. Yeah. But remember, here's the catch because of that ASHRAE A2L, right? And that's what I said. One of the benefits of this transition is contractors will sell more complete systems yeah. because say you went to a, a job, one of your customers did, your audience did, and said, hey, I need a new outdoor unit, but I want to keep the indoor. Can't do it, right? Do it. Because yeah. that indoor wasn't designed yeah. for use from a safety perspective with mm -hmm. the refrigerator. So tell me this, is it gonna? are we going to change uh, sizing of the equipment? Can, what's the chances we can go back to a 17-inch? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll tell you guys, it, it, the, the bigger effect on equipment size is not going to be the refrigerant change. Okay. It's going to be what we call DOE 2023. Which is? Which, that's where the federal government just increased the minimum efficiencies, right? Yay! So that's happening as most of your customer base knows. That's their immediate challenge yeah. right now is getting ready for 1-1-2023. Yeah. And then, so that's when the equipment will jump up because the new federal efficiency minimums are going to raise across mm -hmm. the country, right? And in the southeast, you know, we've got regional efficiency. You guys are in the southeast. You've got your own mm -hmm. kind of regional standards. The southwest does. Yep. The north does, right? Yep. So that's going to drive equipment size. Now, things that are worked. So efficiency generally increases increased size of equipment. Yeah. But all of us are working on, and JCI in particular, things that could bring it back down. In other words, it's not as big as it could be. So. You guys probably know microchannel, right? The mm -hmm. sensors. Yeah. So that has helped decrease equipment sizes, right, right? Right. And here's another benefit: a microchannel and other heat exchanger technologies, they have less refrigerant volume. Yeah. So if you're going to a flammable refrigerant, there's not much. That's a good thing, yeah. right? So you have less refrigerant to leak. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, now if it leaks, it's eventually will be a low GWP anyway, right? So that's a. So there's puts and takes to this thing on the size. Yeah. But generally, we're not going to get back to tens here. Mm -hmm. Size product, which the dimensions you gave me—that's an old tensor unit, right? I know exactly quite what Quite a few it is. years back, a, a closet unit that's 17 inches <laughs> wide, and now I'm trying to put a, a 20 sear in there, and it's like, oh, we're going to have to put this in the attic. Well, it, yeah, and I'll tell you guys, it, if, it's out, if it's a residential split, let's talk that. Yeah. It might be that you know JCI does a lot of contractor voice of customer. They uh -huh. say, look, I want to go through the gate, so limit the width of your unit to the this width, right? Uh -huh. 
it may be taller now. Right, yeah. Right? Yep. Same thing for the indoor coils. Mm -hmm. Maybe taller because I want to do a replacement. I don't want to redo the ductwork. Yeah. But what I'm telling the contractor base guys, this is a great opportunity for our industry with the record demand to sell not only complete systems, but ask about the ductwork. New right? ductwork. Run. Yeah. Testing. Absolutely. You know, certain states, mm -hmm. if you don't know, out west, they do a duct blaster test, right? Mm -hmm. if you leakage. Well, guess what's going to happen? The regulatory world is happening on all fronts, right? And increasing. Yeah. They're going to have our equipment. Some of it's getting close to max tech, you know, yeah, especially yeah. with our high sear systems. Uh -huh. yeah. So the biggest opportunity for improved performance for a system. Ductwork. It's ductwork. Yeah. It may not be the equipment because it's, it's getting close to max garbage, tech. Flex, you guys see how it's oh, run. Yeah. Yep. Duct tape is oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Got oh, some yeah. duct, oh, yeah. duct board that's collapsing in on you. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and we all we all know what it is. So I think in, in its reality, if you go out and there's many studies that have done, hey, don't even change your unit. Mm -hmm. Go out and fix your duct work. Fix your duct work. And you'll get a huge savings in terms mm -hmm. of energy efficiency. You'll, oh, it's a huge It's, it's a done, huge benefit. We've done several of those this past year, and it's it. We didn't do this on on purpose, but with the equipment shortages, it was it kind of helped us also because we actually were fixing, improving uh, performance of the house right. by replacing their ductwork and sealing it yeah. all up properly and everything else. And their equipment still had two or three years left of oh, life yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and they're a lot more comfortable in their homes. And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a great point that you make there. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 guys, the regulation is a burden, right? Yeah. And, and we're for smart regulation. Right. But it's also a huge opportunity for our industry. Yeah, I you agree know, with that. For the contractors that are able to branch out and do more things, mm -hmm. controls that we're in our digital yeah. you know, yeah. world, it, well, we do a lot in commercial, right, industrial. Uh -huh. It's going to come down to residential, right? So you're going to see whole home systems. You guys can already do a ton with their phones, right? right. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. The thermostat oh, yeah. on the wall is probably going to disappear to something just down to a sensor, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, just like, have a home sensor or remote sensor type thing and then yeah. control our, everything with your phone. There's already systems out there, and we make some of them that yeah. do that today, right? You can just put a sensor. Yeah. And because we're in the commercial building space, digital and controls, right, yeah. John's controls, we feel like we've got a leg up there on some of that. Oh, right? yeah. I agree with that. There's a lot of times where I'll go into a commercial building. I'm like, oh, dang, that'd be nice to have in the house. <laughs> you know? It's like we do the whole, the, the whole building automation, and you're like, oh, man, that'd be nice to go. Like, yeah. like yeah. We, have a, we have a local Budweiser um, distribution plant, and it's like I go in there, and I can just tap right into everything. I was like, see all the BAVs. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, like this would be nice to have it. Obviously, I don't have yeah. a house that big, but it was like – It'd be nice to have, like, control yeah. every dog. And what's nice about, you know, more on the residential spectrum of the market is some of these things are really cost, you know, affordable. Yeah. Right, and offer a lot of functionality. Like, my phone keeps going off because, you know, one of my sensors is saying, hey, the kids are in the garage. You know, they left the garage door open, yeah. and I'm, like, shutting the garage. That's They're opening funny. the garage, right? <laughs> so, it, but for our industry, it's a huge opportunity. Yeah, you might say, i got to carry the trailer with the extra refrigerant yeah. bottles and Reclaim's going to be a burden, and by the way, you know, disposable cylinders are going away. You guys know that? What do you mean, disposable cylinders? So uh, when you buy refrigerant for field charge as part of the AMAC, yeah. the EPA's proposed those can't be disposable any longer. Really? Yeah. So then they got to go to the spot house and recharge it? Well, they're going to, you'll have to use actual recovery cylinders that can be reused. And the, the yeah. reason EPA did that. Oh, you turn it back in. Yeah, okay, you turn it back you, in because. Okay. The disposable cylinders when they did some studies you never got all the refrigerant out no. of it so when you knocked a hole in it 
the release, uh, right? Okay. That, that's uh, why. Still leaking. Sure. That and makes by the sense. way, just JCI is a global company. U.S. is the only one that hasn't banned disposable filters. Really? So EPA is proposing it. There's some lawsuits challenging that by yeah, some yeah. of the other trade orgs. But that just gives you an idea where they're headed. Mm. QR codes are coming to all the bottles, too. Yeah, yeah that's so smart move, though. the tracking part yeah. of that, it's all coming. It know? really, I mean, the thing about it is, is there's there's some great intentions with some, some regulations. Exactly. Um, but they're not followed the, always the best, yeah. or they're not enforced. Um, I, so I guess this kind of leads back to a, a question that I have um, that you kind of talked about earlier, but that's what happens. You get you get uh, some um, 458B, 454B, 454B, sorry, uh, and 32. And yeah. what happens when they mix? Yeah, good. Because good like, question. what happens when a hat comes out there and yeah. it's like, this yeah. is just a new refrigerant? Or someone says they work on air conditioning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I was an air conditioning guy at one point in my life. Yeah, yeah. brother-in-law of a sister. Yeah, and, someone and helped so a friend. They just had this spare jug of something in their garage, yep. yeah. and then it just mixes. What's going to happen there? Yeah, Josh, that you, you've you've really touched on a, a, a touchy subject, right? Yeah. And normally. I would say that wouldn't be a safety issue, right? Because when we went from 22 to 14, and again, yeah. I'm talking unitary, this yeah, yeah, chain, yeah. you know, chillers and right. others, right, are different spectrum. But the fact that these are flammable, right, you definitely don't want to top off a 14A non-flammable with Ooh. either R32 or 454B. Yeah, right? yeah, First yeah. of all, shouldn't be done. Right. And But the scary part of this, I mentioned it earlier, if fluids like 454B that we've chosen because it's the lowest GWP out there in the market, mm -hmm. their performance is so close to Fortune A, those systems are going to run pretty well. Yeah. Right? And what will happen, you guys know the story, well, I need to add a couple pounds this summer. Every year. I need to add a couple pounds this summer, well, right? Those, those, are, three those or, are the phone calls we get to the four, offices. Three or four can, years later. Can you come out and put a couple pounds in for and me? And all of a sudden, you've <laughs> got a system full of, of uh, A2L, yeah. right? And then the other thing happens where a guy says, I'm just going to quickly repair that leak without evacuating it, <laughs> right? So that's where that's we as an terrifying. industry, th we that's why improve. we wanted the extra time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. To make sure we're going to set a new precedent with the training and certification on A2Ls. A lot of that was really reserved for the, call it the large tonnage chillers yeah, and refrigeration, yeah. you know, where they were dealing historically with ammonia and stuff <laughs> that's both flammable and yeah. toxic. Toxic. Yeah. Those kind of practices need to come down scale. My, That's going to be the challenge. I, I guess right? my challenge and, and my question is, um, how do we how, how do we really enforce it? Like, how, right. how, like right. how do we make the supply houses stop selling to people who don't have their uh, license? license? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to see some innovative. Oh, maybe it's not innovative in the. It'll be innovative for our sector of the market. Yeah, where we're going to say. You know, you don't you don't get to buy this because you didn't either take my training, yeah, or you didn't show me the right license, right? Yeah. I think you will see that, and if depending on what EPA does at the federal level, right? Now, enforcement's always going to be a challenge, right? But I can tell you, if you look historically about what enforcement actions DOE has taken, not refrigerant so much, but like efficiency, right? When yeah. we did the efficiency change, yeah, yeah, it's usually one contractor calling about another. In other words, yeah. call it almost self-enforcement. Yeah. You're going to see, see more of that happening, quite frankly. I can see that. I, that's, that's, that's my belief. And I think there's a lot of co contractors out there, very reputable contractors that want to do the right thing. Oh, right? yeah. 
Yeah. Right? And I think you're going to see fewer of the folks that kind of two chucks in a truck, you know, yeah. why that they're going to get squeezed out to a large extent, not never go completely away, yeah, yeah. but it's going to be harder and harder for them, you know, it's be a challenge. Well, to keep up with all this is going to be quite exactly. a, a monumental task just to understand whatever all this stuff Josh, is going. Josh, you're exactly right. It, it is. It's going to be harder and harder. And what, that's why I'm, whenever I talk to contractors and distributors, say, guys, get get your act together even if it's not today which is understandable yeah you better understand 608 you better watch what's happening with the aim act right you better start doing reclaim for small charge 410a and oh by the way don't mix the recovery you know yeah. gases because yeah. they're going to be worth less and oh by the way you might want to secure your sources of 410a because what's already happening with the supply chain and then as the AMAC phases that production yeah. of new down reclaim's going to shoot through the roof right so oh, yeah Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So with the reclaiming the 410A, like that, that can become a challenge in itself because if half of the coil, like half the refrigerant charge evaporated, like the combination of the refrigerant itself might not be the the normal virgin 410A. Right. So then you're you're putting all these different combinations into a recovery tank, turning it in, and then it's like, oh geez. Yeah. It's like the old suicide pop, you know. And yeah. I, and here, here's where it's going to hit the pocketbook. So when that contractor takes it to a reclaimer, back to the distributor, yeah. who they're going to do an analysis. Awesome. They're going to go, this is not, if it's so mixed, yeah. they would have to, the processing costs would outweigh, yeah. just going to send it for destruction. Uh -huh. right? yeah. And then they're going to charge the contractor for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, that truck you mentioned about the tanks, mm -hmm. right? That, And I, I think, again, another business opportunity, refrigerant, because of the whole environmental movement, is going to become a big deal and more financially attractive to really get into as a subset of the business. Oh, sure. that's a good point, yeah. It, it really will be. It'll yeah. buy an option. You know, obviously there's going to be cost to business, right? right? But I can tell you, knowing what's happened this year and late last year with Fortune A skyrocketing, mm -hmm. if you were setting, let me just put it this way, the price per pound that I've seen in the market, 5-6x. Yeah. So let's just say it was 4 bucks a pound. Right. We're seeing stuff 20 plus bucks a pound, yeah. right? And if you got it at the low price, mm -hmm. and here's the other thing, it may not just be a price line. thing, can you get it? Right, right? yeah, availability that's, in general. Well, that's really important that you get a relationship with a reputable reclaimer, mm -hmm. right? And make sure it's certified reclaimer. Oh yeah, that's, yeah right? that would because be Because there's a lot of things, there's some practices probably going on where people are recovering use gas and saying, oh, you can just use it over here without reclamation. Oh, yeah. Oh, you need yeah. to be real careful. Yeah, they, I've heard people twist it because it's in the 608 that you can reuse That's refrigerant right. in the same owners. That's correct. But, right. you, yeah. but then I've heard people say, oh, well, it says you can reuse it, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, it does not. Not in somebody else's, in the, yeah. in the, in the original owner's. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Chris, I appreciate all this information, and I know our guests, I mean, yeah. our, our listening audience, they really appreciate this because uh, most of the times we're so busy, we're like in the in the weeds. and we Especially this year, right? Yeah, and last, we just, yeah, last stuff like gets passed right by, and you're like, next thing you know, it's like, hey, you know minimum sewer rating is effective next week. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, what? Yeah, they haven't when done any training or yeah. their business model yeah. for that. So yeah. we really appreciate you coming on. And, is there and a resource this. where they can look at and find this information yeah we've I mean, got I'm sure they can search it but it's just like a, a, a resource that actually has all this stuff detailed out for them. yeah there's a lot of it out there more being developed every day 
but the focus right now is on DOE 2023, and maybe that's time yeah. opportunity for another podcast because right. that's the one that's on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. But our website's got links to things. You know, some things are behind the firewall, something in front of it. But we've all got you know a nationwide footprint. Yeah. You know, call one of your local JCI guys, and they'll you know get it you know through one of our various brands right yeah. where you're local and they'll get it to you right perfect and i'll i'll add some of that to the show notes too Absolutely. later uh, you said ACA's got training that's ACA's got right training now, right? so um, people can start getting trained today yeah and it's really i just i gotta plug ACA because we worked with them to help develop it and sponsor it. it's yeah. like you're an ACA member it's like 39 dollars oh yeah i mean it's like 59 dollars for not for non-members so you don't even have even to that's a, a no-brainer yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it, and guys, it's video. It's on demand. Yeah. I've, I've looked at it. It's really nice material. And then, you know, once we get our own material that will we'll ship with the product, well, that'll be the segment start, you know, on that now. Start getting a feel for it. And it will only help you with what you're doing today. Because, yeah. again, I mentioned those refrigerant practices that are, you know, part of A2Ls really should be followed today with even for today. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Cool, Chris. We appreciate it, hundred percent. Like, hey, enjoy talking to you guys. Yeah, it's been, been been fun. If, you know, you guys reach out with anything. Cool, we will do. Uh, again, anybody that has any questions, let me know. Let Josh know, and yeah. uh, we will definitely put the, the show no- uh, the links in the show notes. And with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful and safe day. Thank you again, Chris. We'll see, we'll talk to you again soon. Right, thank you, guys. See you. Yeah.